Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 692 for July 10th, 2021, and I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Bart Bouchotts with installment 120 of Programming by Stealth. How are you doing today, Bart? I am doing fine, although uh, thankfully this is not a video podcast, so the listeners can't see me wiping the sweat off my brow, but it's a ridiculously sticky day here in Ireland. We're not supposed to have this weather. We're not Florida. I would complain. It's not that hot here, but it's like 70% humidity. And I know that's nothing like Florida or anybody else deals with, but it's really sticky for us. So Yeah, whatever. I have no idea what it is here, but the answer is too much. (laughs) Exactly. Well, hey, we were, uh, poor Bart, he was 99% done with get ready to wrap it in a bow when offline I said, hey, I didn't want to interrupt the series, but I've been wondering about this thing called Git Ignore, because I have all of these goopy files, you know, test files, all kinds of garbage that just keeps getting uploaded. I tried putting them in a folder and calling it Ignore, and that didn't do anything. And I, I was wondering if you could tell me on the side how I do this, and you went, don't! I yep, forgot that, to teach this. I think I actually typed D-O-H, in fact. <laughs> and you weren't talking about DNS over HTTPS either. No, I would really... Yeah, no, we, we completely <laughs> missed a really important part of using Git in a practical sense, because not only do we humans make little bits and bobs, right? Like, my repositories in work are full of, like, test1.js and, you know, all this glop you make, Right. <laughs> Right. And you don't want all of that sitting in the repository because then your colleagues will know that you're an idiot sometimes. You don't <laughs> want that. Yes, we must try to look brilliant, right? Indeed. And then there's also the practical fact that a lot of build tools that we we haven't we've only dipped our toe in the water of the concept of a build tool being part of a developer's toolkit. Because we've generally just written our code and run our code and there's been nothing between us writing and us running. It's just we do one and then we do the other. But as we develop more, we're going to start developing these toolkits which transform the code from something we've written into something we're ready to publish. And they generally involve some sort of temporary file. They tend to fill up your working folder with all sorts of garbage. It's not garbage, it's really important, but it should not be versioned. It's it's intermediate stage stuff. You don't want it cluttering your repository. So it actually becomes ever more important to tell Git what it should proactively not care about. Okay, so you should, uh, could you also end up with like .ds underscore files? uh, Yeah, your OS. Yeah, your OS can litter up stuff as well. So the .ds underscore files are a perfect example of the Mac trying to litter your repository with stuff that your Windows colleagues don't care about. And frankly, your other Mac using colleagues don't want your .ds underscore .ds underscore store files, because what those files are storing is your preferences in the Finder window. So if you oh. have like, if your Finder window normally has that funny multiple columns view, and you change this one folder to a different view, that will generate the creation of a DS underscore store file, because you've done oh, something different in that, that Finder in window. Huh, okay. And you don't really want to send that off to everyone else because just because I like to have my columns a certain way with certain disclosure triangles open and certain ones closed, why would anyone else in the project care? And why should that be a commit every time I change how my finder looks? Yeah. And then the other one is if you're sharing a project with someone and you use VS Code and someone else uses Komodo Edit, well, your editor is going to fill that folder up with its own temporary files, but you shouldn't be putting them in the repository because they matter to you. They don't matter okay. to the other person. So okay. you should ignore those too. 
So and, I, and and obviously none of that should be in your your present or you're putting something up as an open source library. You don't want to include any of this glop either. Yes, exactly. Yes, whether it's with colleagues or whether you're publishing it to the world, you're absolutely right. Yeah, exactly. The same thing goes. And I mean, you could mentally ignore the files. Just tell yourself to never do a git add on those files and just see them all the time. And that that doesn't scale. That just does not scale because one of the like your GUI editor is going to forever try to commit everything. It's going to have a giant big button saying commit all changes. So you're going right. to click it someday or you're going to be on the command line and you're going to be lazy and you're going to do a commit space minus am minus all. Uh-huh. Whoops. Right. Or a, or a git add star. It's, it is just inevitable. Or you're going to have so much clutter you're intentionally ignoring. You're going to not notice a file that you're not supposed to be ignoring. Uh, and a critical that, part of your project hmm. is going to not be versioned and you're going to do something silly to it and you're going to have lost your work. That's even worse. I also tried, well, what if I just keep this folder of glop someplace else? Not realizing other other kinds of glop is being generated I don't know about, but the glop that I was personally creating in that I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want two folders of stuff. That's really annoying too. Well, exactly. You haven't really solved the problem. You've just sort of moved it a bit. So yeah, what we actually need to be able to do is to tell Git what it is we don't care about so that Git can hide it from us. Can I do this retroactively? Yes, but. (laughs) Okay. So the answer is you can, but you have to do... Telling Git what to ignore doesn't remove anything from your repository. It only tells Git what it should not add to the repository and what it shouldn't show you. But once you've added it, Git's like, oh, I know about this file. You told me to watch it, so I'm still watching it. So you have to (sighs) tell it what it should ignore and then tell it... Forget about that. Now, okay, most, so you have to actively tell it to forget. Even though I told you before to track this, don't do not do it now. Correct. So basically, okay. you've given Git two conflicting instructions. Ignore this and track this, and Git considers track this to win. Well, that's, that's probably safer. better. It's better it to safer, excessively yeah. track, right? Exactly. Okay. So you need to correct yourself if you tell it to track something you then change your mind on. Uh, a lot of the GUI clients will let you do the two-in-one. So if you right-click mm. on a file and say, ignore this, in, say, Git Crack, and it will ask you a question that up until now probably makes no sense to you. Ignore or untrack and ignore. And untrack is just Git speak for forget. Huh. And the chances are that uh, Source Tree and all of them will, will give you that same option. So mm-hmm. either just add it to the ignore list or proactively forget. So as I said, okay. we're going to learn about the detail as we go. But that is the important point here, is that to answer your real question, yes, you can retroactively do it, but you have a little bit of cleanup to do. Okay. So the Yeah, first we should thing, probably understand it from the beginning and pretend I didn't do it wrong to start with. No, 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 no. We all, we all, we all do it. Oh, like, okay. Why right. do I know what Git Kraken tells me when I've added something I then want to ignore? <laughs> There's only one reason I know that. It's because I've added something and I then wanted to ignore it. Right? Okay. <laughs> so. Right. Let's go a little bit back to some important basics here. So I haven't explicitly said it, but every time we do a git status, we generally have seen two headings. Stuff that we already know about that's changed and stuff we don't know about yet, which it calls untracked. Right? So right. stuff that's... Yeah. Right. 
So what that's a reflection of is that in Git's brain, every single file in your repository is in one of three states. It could be tracked, which means it has either been staged with git add or it has been committed with a git commit or both. Right. Okay. So that means it's tracked. I have told Git about this file in some way, and it's either put it all the way into a commit or it's put it into the staging area. But either way, it's on Git's mind. We've told Git, this is your problem. And so Git considers that tracked. Then there are untracked files, which is basically everything else that I haven't been told to ignore. And then there's ignored files, which are things I have been explicitly told to ignore. But remember, ignore is subordinate to tracked. So is it tracked, yes or no? If it's untracked, is it ignored? And so you only end up in the bottom pile if you've answered no, or basically you only end up in the bottom pile if you're not tracked and you're ignored. So does making it making it ignored makes it actively not tracked? Other way around. Making it tracked makes it actively not ignored. So you, you ignore no, but things... No, but I'm asking about the other way around. I mean, if, if you ignore something, you're actively saying, don't track this. Well, maybe it doesn't exist in the... It doesn't exist yet. So what you're saying is don't show yeah. it in untracked. Okay. Okay. And then it won't okay. end got up it. in yeah. tracked because you won't see it. Okay. I got it. That makes sense. And everything comes down to something called an ignore pattern. So a file I got this un- far in reading the documentation on my end and I ran away. Don't, because they're actually quite powerful. Uh, and they're also, they're a little bit more powerful than your stuff on the, ter- on the command line, your star.js and stuff like that. But they're nowhere near as scary as a regular expression. Okay. They're like All a right. quarter of the way between, you know, from, re- from normal file <laughs> stuff to regular expression. It's a little bit more powerful. Okay. Um. And so it really comes down to these ignore patterns. So we tell Git a bunch of patterns of what we don't want to see. And everything that's untracked, Git just checks it against all of its patterns. And if it meets a pattern, it doesn't show it to you. And if it doesn't meet any patterns, it shows it to you. So when you do a Git status, it shows up in the list and then you Git at it and away you go. So it's, as we've already said, you can undo later. But it really is just easier and best practice to make the decision proactively when the file shows up as new. So don't mentally say to yourself, yeah, 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 I know that's sitting there. I'll just ignore it. Me, the human being, ignore it. No, no. (laughs) Either Git ignores it or Git tracks it. But you you should always make a decision. Don't just leave stuff sitting in your working directory that's neither tracked nor ignored. Make a choice. So you don't have to think up all of these patterns ahead of time. You can say, I'm going to make something called test1.js. Oh, right now I'm going to tell it to ignore it. Yeah. And what I would, I generally have a rule that says ignore teststar.js. Oh, okay. test one will inevitably be followed by test two. (laughs) Okay. Save yourself a couple of typing. Yeah. But then you're going to assume that your ignore thing knows what it's doing. You got to be good. I guess you get to know what you do. I was going to say, this is definitely something I'm going to touch on because the ignore syntax can be very broad, probably more broad than you meant, or it can be very narrow. So okay. 
Okay. You need to be careful how broad or narrow you are. I, I would guess as you get into doing this regularly, you start to know, I name things like this. I can Correct. set up this kind of ignore pattern. So mine might Very be delete me would be in the name. That, yeah, exactly. That's that perfect kind of candidate thing. indeed. Yeah. yeah. The other thing okay. to say is that ignore patterns can be specified at, uh, well, actually technically at three levels. You can do them at the system level, which is OS-wide, but we're not going to look at that. You can do them for the current user, which Git calls global, just to confuse you that global is well in the system, <laughs> only only in Git. So global we are going to talk about, and then there's the current repository. So global is really useful for Mac users with those bloody DS underscore score, underscore store files. I don't okay. want to add that to every bloody repository. Just ignore them always. Just Just always ignore that. Okay. And that is the only entry in my global git ignore file. But ah. I could hypothetically have other stuff in there. Delete okay. me, if I if if I were to be the kind of person who used delete me, I would put that in my global ignore file because that sounds like something I would do everywhere if I did it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. If it says delete me, I know I don't want that tracked ever. Yeah. So star okay. delete me star is probably a pattern that would work for you. Yeah. Uh, and then the, so you've had the... Everything in my account or this specific repo. And they're the two levels we're going to work at. But regardless of what level you're working at, it all comes down to the patterns. So the git ignore patterns are at the heart of it all. So regardless of which level you're working on, the patterns are going to be in a file. It's going to be one pattern per line. Blank lines are ignored as are lines starting with the pound or octosorp symbol. So the, the, the hash symbol, pound symbol, octosorp symbol, whatever we're calling it. <laughs> okay. It has to be the actual first character, right? Git's comments are extremely strict. None of this, stick it afterwards, put a comment on the end of a line. Nope, nope, nope. No tabbing it in. First character, or it will be considered part of your pattern. All right. So, so one per line... Empty lines ignored, and anything starting with an octosorp is ignored. Now, the bit that gets people the most confused is that within a Git pattern, Git understands that there's a difference between file names and file paths, and it treats them very differently. So your pattern, if your pattern specifies a file or folder name, that pattern applies at every depth of the hierarchy. If you okay, so if I had a delete me folder in the in my HD docs folder, but then I had another one buried inside my programming by stealth folder directory, it would find them both. If your pattern was a file or folder pattern, yes. If your pattern if was a path, a, path, a path, no. Oh, okay, okay. So this comes down to how specific do you want to be? If you want to ignore stuff no matter where it is, then specify it as a file name or a folder name. Mm -hmm. If you want to say, no, 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 I only want to ignore the log file at the root of my project, then specify it as a path. Okay. And the way Git knows the difference is all about whether or not the path separator is inside the pattern. And in a git ignore pattern, whether you're on Windows or on a Mac, the path separator is always the forward slash, which you would have in Unix or Linux or Mac. So the forward slash is the one on the right side of a US keyboard. Uh, I never know which one's forward and back. In the direction you read, it slopes up. (laughs) Okay. That's how I do it. (laughs) 
Uh, so that to me is forward, right? I read okay. from I read that way, and it goes up, so that's forward. Okay. Um, so if your pattern doesn't contain a path separator anywhere, then it's a file name. If your pattern contains one path separator and it's the very last character, then it's a folder name. If there's a path separator anywhere else, then it's a path. Hmm. And that's just okay. really important. So no path separator file. Exactly one and it's on the end folder. Anywhere else, it's a path. Okay. And so huh. that's that is just important. The only way to really get to grips with this, I think, is to get a little bit practical. Um, actually, no, let's, let's, sorry, I'm reading my own show notes, getting ahead of myself. So <laughs> let's look at those three in detail. I say detail. Let's have a few more paragraphs on each of those before we move on. Okay. Um, so a file name doesn't have a path separator. So the simplest possible pattern for a file name is simply the name of the file. So .ds underscore store is a file name pattern that matters all file that matches all files named exactly .ds underscore score ds underscore store. Oh, we we need a Darn better name Apple. for that. Yeah, not it's only is it an annoying file, it can't even say it. Yeah. Now that would not be. I mean, okay, specifying exact file names is useful, but it's not what we usually want. Thankfully, we have a friend in our camp, a friend that all of us on the command line know very well, good old-fashioned star. Star means any character except the path separator. So stars Ah, will not match path separators. We also have a close cousin of our friend the star, the question mark, which means exactly one of anything but the path separator. And that pretty much gives you what you need. It can do more, but we're not going to go there because it, it, you just, it's not important. Can I back you up to one more philosophical yeah. question? Uh, I should have asked this one earlier. Mm-hmm. What if you have a test file that you're working with that you want to work on on your laptop and your desktop? You need to not ignore it. Well, okay, if you want it in the repository, then you want it in the repository. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's where we get good at getting them back out. (laughs) Arguably, or you have some sort of naming convention uh, where you may have a folder called Working Files or something, some sort of convention that tells your collaborators, maybe Playground, I don't know, some sort of playpen, (laughs) sandpit. One of my colleagues in work loves to use the word sandbox for things that are for experimenting in. Okay. okay. Sandbox, you know. Name of service dash sandbox you know, is, is the test VM or whatever. Anyway, yeah, so you, it, it's either in the repository or it's not. I'm afraid you can't uh, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. So, uh, apart from naming a whole file, the single most common thing to want to do is to ignore all files of a given type. So, if you want all .tmp files to be ignored, the pattern is star .tmp. That okay. covers you 99% of the time, to be honest. I don't ever name anything .tmp. No, exactly. You wouldn't. But editors very often do. Oh, okay. All right. Right? So these are the kind of files that tend to show up based on your favorite editor or whatever. And they'll have a file extension and you just go star dot blah and it just goes away. Okay. The other thing then you can do is ignore folders. Exactly the same rules apply as for files. But in order to tell Git, I want you to ignore everything in this folder just end it with a slash. And that just means this entire folder, erase it from your mind. 
Okay. Okay. So when I created my folder called ignore this garbage, I could have put in ignore, ignore star slash. Correct. And then and anything, any folder that name folder. that starts with ignore, everything in that folder and the folder itself would be ignored. And the folder itself. Oh, that's important. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yes. So that is, you know, so basically all the same rules just end it with a slash and it just means the whole thing. So if you want to ignore all folders ending in log, star log, slash. And there goes your folder. So the last thing we're left in with is the path. And so a path is treated differently to a file or folder name because with a path, where it is in the repository matters. So if you want to ignore all text files in some folder, but not everywhere else, you would say some folder forward slash star.txt. But what if you wanted them too deep? Well, then you'd have star slash star slash star.txt, but then three deep. What if you want them arbitrarily many deep? This is where we have one more friend to meet, star star. It's <laughs> any amount of folders. So if you wanted all text files inside some folder, no matter how deep inside some folder, it's some folder slash star star slash star.txt. Oh, okay. Oh, that's nicer. Yeah. I was getting a little confused until you got to the end of that story. Like, what? Okay. That is exactly the problem with the star star. Once you see it in an example, it's like, ah, okay, I see. And the reason you want it is because this way you get to say inside some folder, don't go mad until you get into some folder and then go as deep as you like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seeing it written helps too. And then the last thing in the syntax, which is beautiful, because it allows you to write really general rules and then specifically change your mind. You can make exceptions. Yeah. You just make the rule as if it was a normal rule and then stick an exclamation mark in the front of it, and then it turns it into an exception. So the same rule? The same rule that you would use to ignore it, if you put an exception in front of it, means don't ignore Okay, but you would do that fairly specifically, you're saying? that would As, Well, yeah, because it doesn't make sense to be less... If you're less specific in the ignore than you are... Sorry, if you're less specific in the exception than you are in the original ignore, why did you bother with the ignore? Because sense. ignore literally yeah. achieves nothing. Yeah, so what's, what's an example? So you could say star.log, but you actually care about one log, the build log at the root of your repository. You would say star.log, exclamation point, slash build.log. So it's exclamation point slash. So exclamation, no, no, exclamation point means I'm about to tell you an exception. Okay. So if I wanted every build file anywhere, I could say exception build.log. Okay. I could say exclamation build.log, and then every build.log file everywhere would be the exception. Right. But if I say slash build.log, I'm saying only the build file at the root of the repository. Oh, that's at the root. Okay, that doesn't mean to go down a level. That's at the root. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. And the other human-friendly rule, exceptions come after the rule. Yeah, it makes you can't sense. Put an e- yeah, you don't put the exception first. You put the rule first, and then the exception comes anytime later in the file. Right. You don't say, don't eat the peanut butter, but you can eat everything in the cabinet. You said you say, you can eat everything in the cabinet except the peanut butter. Exactly. Or in this case, ignore everything in the cabinet except the peanut butter. Because <laughs> we're ignore okay. files, right? 
All right. Anyway, let, let us get practical. Okay. So our first practical example is extremely practical, those bloody DS underscore store files on our Macs. So we would like to ignore them everywhere. But before we mm-hmm. can do that, we actually do need somewhere to play in. So there is a zip file for this installment, pbs120.zip. If you double-click it to expand it and then open a terminal in there, you'll find a little script in there um, called in pbs120 init or something sensible like that. Yes, pbs120-init.sh. So if you run the init script... It will create our good old friend, the repository we've been using for so many installments now. It will create you one of those again. Okay. Uh, and then if you just CD into the repository there, um, then we're ready to start. Okay. So in order to play along, you need to trigger your Mac to make some DS underscore store files. Um, so because I keep my finder in this view, I did that by just toggling the disclosure triangle on some of the subfolders and that just made them appear. <laughs> Um, okay. I, I guess depending on how you use the finder, you just start messing with finder things and they should appear. This is like my general changing rule. the width and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you'll know you've succeeded. Look at that. I got one. Git... Brilliant. Perfect. So a git status will just show them, right? Because they'll appear under untracked files. So in my example, I made two of them so that we could see them at different levels of the hierarchy. I spent a lot of time clicking on things until I got my two. So I have one at the root of my repository and one in the contrib folder. Oh, okay. So I need to go into the contrib folder and mess around in there. Mess around in there and then you should get another one. Okay. All right. So now if I do a git status, mm, on branch main, nothing to commit, working tree clean. Working tree clean. No DS. But I've, files I have, I definitely have one at the top level and in contrib. Let's see. Uh, is it possible you already have a global ignore file that I may have set up for you? Oh, no. That's Don't terrible. Worry. There is a git config variable called core.excludes file. That is what tells git what file to use to look for your global excludes. Okay. So if you do a git space config space minus minus global core.excludes file, it should tell you if it has one. Okay. Yes. I do have a git.gitignore global. Okay, so if you just do a VI on that file and comment out the line for your DS underscore stores. Let's see. Or your favorite text editor, nano, pico, whatever you whatever you like. Well, let's see what I can if I can successfully uh, do this, all right. Yes, there's .ds underscore store. Okay, so, <clears throat> so you're, you've already X. done your homework, as it were. So you've, you already are where we're going to end up again. So we're going to go a nice little circle and put you back to where you were. <laughs> okay, so I've deleted that line. Let me see if I can, th- uh, let's see, is it colon Q? No, colon, colon WQ, WQ, exclamation point. Don't tell me, don't tell me. Boom. Okay. So okay, now so now if I do a git status, I should be in big trouble. Well, oh, my you. gosh. There's <laughs> probably many DS files, isn't well, there? Well, it actually only shows one. Oh, because well, I, I didn't successfully trigger one down below. Yeah, one is enough for us to work with anyway. But okay. I just wanted my screenshots to have two so that you could so that you would believe me that if we do it by file name, it happens at every level. Okay, it's I not, just did it. I, I have two now. So I have two can, now, I've got it all messed up. This is awesome. Brilliant. <laughs> so the the way a global ignore works is you have this setting core excludes file 
And that setting tells Git where the file is that has the rules. So it's a, there's a level of indirection there. So the config says where the file is, the file contains the rules. Right. You could name that file anything. To avoid absolute, complete confusion all over planet Earth, pretty much every tutorial I have ever read and the official book all tell you to use tilde slash dot ignore underscore global. So tilde is POSIX speak for my home folder. Um, and dot means the file will be hidden from your GUI. It'll be a hidden file. Uh, and so dot git ignore underscore global is the suggested name. So we're just going to follow that convention. Now you could create this file using your favorite text editor, as long as it's a plain text editor. And oh, wait the a minute, file... we didn't actually get rid of mine. I just del- no, deleted that line. Yeah. Okay. But the listeners at home don't have one already. So okay. the listeners at home will create one. You don't don't follow along too carefully here because you could end up replacing your git ignore <laughs> file. Although actually, yeah, okay. I do it's take empty that right into now. account. Anyway, so before we go do anything, the pattern we want is the name .ds underscore store because we want that exact file name matched. So we don't need any stars. We don't have anything else. It's just the file name. So that's the pattern. Now, we could use your favorite text editor or I could use a terminal command to write straight to that file and replace what you have now. But that would be very mean of me because what if you already have one and you're a listener? So the terminal command in the show notes appends our pattern to the end of a of the tilde slash dot git underscore glo- git ignore underscore global. If the file already exists, it'll come in as the last line. If the file doesn't exist, it'll get created and then come in as the one and only line. So first and final line. So okay. if you've done taming the terminal, you'll remember that single chevron is replace. And double chevron is append. So in this case, we're saying echo the string dot ds underscore ds <laughs> underscore store arrow arrow tilde slash dot git ignore underscore global. So that's basically what did we say? Echo. Echo takes whatever you give it as input and puts it to standard out. Standard out gets redirected by the chevrons. Okay. And we want it to get redirected into the end of tilde slash dot git underscore global. Okay. You could just use your favorite text editor, but that's really hard to write in the show notes. <laughs> okay. So that's why I figured I'd give people a command version. But, you know, in the okay. real world, I'd just go vi tilde slash whatever, but I'm one of those weird people who likes vi. Um, you could use text editor, whatever you like. So you can view the content of your ignore file from the terminal with the cat command, which is actually for concatenate, but let's not go there. So cat tilde slash dot git ignore square global will show you its contents, which should now, well, depending on whether or not there was anything there before we started, it will certainly now have as its last line dot ds underscore store. All right, cool. Now, if somebody did that echo dot ds underscore store chevrons to git ignore underscore global, that would have created that file as well? If it didn't exist, it would have created it. And if okay. it did exist, it would have come in at the end. So Good. it's a non-destructive okay. command. Nice. Okay. So it's me being friendly. Exactly. A single arrow, destructive, double arrow, friendly, stick it on the end. So at this point, the file exists. But unless there's a matching config variable, Git isn't going to use the file. Now, you already have the config variable, Alison, because... Actually, I know how you got the config variable because um, source tree does it for you. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so that's how you got it. But, uh, you know, anyway, that's... It. If you don't already have it, you set that config variable with the git config command we learned about quite a few installments ago. Many installments ago, probably 101 or 102. Anyway, git space config space minus minus global core.exclude files space tilde slash dot git ignore underscore global. In other words, the setting core.exclude file for my entire account, this file. Okay, stop here. Okay. What? <laughs> okay. So the file exists, it contains our desired pattern, it says in the show notes, so we're now ready to for config to configure git to use it. And you're saying you're saying this was already done for me by Sorcery. That step was already done? Correct. Because when I asked you to run that command without so when I asked you to run the command git config minus minus global core excludes file, without a next argument, you're you're telling git show me the value of the config named core.excludes file. And for you, that contained a file name. Okay. Which makes I don't you understand what that command does at all. Okay. So remember that Git has configuration values, which you can set for your whole account. Right. Or, or global, for the which means the user. Exactly. So, the, yeah. So when I say global, okay. I mean Allison logged into your Mac. Yes. Okay. So if we want to see the value of a variable, we say git config minus minus global for a global one, and then the name of the variable we want to see the value of. Okay. And if we want to change the value, we give it an extra argument, the new value. Okay, so we're saying git config, we tell it minus minus global because we mean our user account, and then the com- the, the line that says core.excludes file, we're telling git, here's where to go look for your excludes file. Right, so core.excludes file is the variable git uses for... Where should I look for ignore patterns? Right. So that's what lets you put your 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 ignore pattern any old place you want. Mm-hmm. But because we aren't anarchists, we're going to put it in .git ignore underscore global at our user level. Bing, bing, okay. bing. Okay. Yes. Like right, I said, thanks. there's one extra level of indirection you may not be expecting. Because Git could have simply been dictatorial and said, there is only one place your global ignore file can be. It will always be tilde slash dot gate ignore underscore global. And then you wouldn't need a setting, right? If it, it could just make it an edict. But Linus was in a good mood or something, because usually <laughs> Linux is quite dictatorial. But no, Linus was in a good mood that day or whatever. And anyway. Well, wait, this is, yeah, right. Okay. All right. So, so anyway, there we are. We can verify with a git status. So exactly. Now that we do a git status, we know those files are still there. Mm-hmm. But we should see nothing to commit working tree clean. Excellent. That worked. Now, and I, don't be okay. I've just told you we know the file still exists. Yeah, prove it to me, Bart. Don't, don't tell me, show me. So it's not an unreasonable question to ask, well, what is Git ignoring? Oh, yeah. What, what have I actually told it to? You know, I know what I think I've told it to ignore, but what's it actually ignoring? Especially so, if files aren't showing up that you think should. Especially if files aren't showing up that you think should. Your sanity may be, because may, you, you're looking in the finder and you do a git status and you're going, what, what, what? <laughs> so git status can show you the ignore files. You just have to tell it to. So it's git space status space minus minus ignored. And then you get a new section at the end of the listing that shows you the ignored files. Yeah. Or something's just hit me mm-hmm. if i have a uh git ignore underscore global on mm-hmm. my desktop 
and I go to my laptop, mm-hmm. my DS underscore files are not going to be ignored. Correct. And that is exactly why the next thing in this series is going to be a wonderful tool called Shamewa that will allow you to synchronize all of these kind of files across all of your Macs. Okay. Using Git, ironically. So it does it's a little bit of a snake eating its own tail. We're going to use Git to manage your Git settings. But okay. It's for me more than just Git settings, right? It's it's your .ssh config. It's any of those dot .files that your Unixy, Linuxy commands use to configure themselves. We can synchronize them all across all of your Macs. In fact, they can synchronize to your Linux machines as well. So you could have Linux VMs that also know about your mm. Git stuff, right? Because those Git settings also contain important stuff like your your name and email address when you do commits. It would be nice to keep those in sync. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because they're also global settings that we set in way back in installment 101 or 102. Right. Core.name, I think, and core.email, I think. I'm going by pure memory here, but we set them anyway, whatever they were. So anyway, if we do a git status minus minus ignored... Oh, look, there's our DS store files back again. But they're now under the heading ignored files, colon. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see the one down down a level that I was able to get it to make. Exactly. Now, notice that Git actually tells you, by the way, I can still track this because tracking outranks ignoring. Use Git add if you want to include it. Ah. So it actually tells you if you want to just include it, go ahead. Huh. So... Let us now go on to our second worked example. So we're still not... Our third worked example is going to be that horrible case where we're trying to go back in time. Oh, good. Our second worked example is the more normal situation where we want to ignore stuff at the repository level. So you're going to set up your global git ignore file once. Maybe you'll add one or two things to it over time, like the fact that you like to use delete me everywhere, so maybe that goes in your global file. But on the whole, your global file is going to become quite... it's going to get bedded in and you're never going to think about it again until you change Max (laughs) and all of a sudden, why are all these files back? Oh yeah, I need to go dig that file up from my old Mac. That's certainly how it goes for me. Um, (laughs) But what you do all the time is ignore files specific to a a given project. And so that is our second worked example. So ignoring untracked files. So in order to do this, I'm going to create some glop for us to ignore. Uh, I figured I would write a script, so you're going to notice there's a second script sitting in that zip file called genignorefiles.sh. It generates some files to ignore. If you're curious, it uses the wonderful terminal command uuidgen to generate some random glop, and it puts that random glop into different files in different places inside the repository. Uh, Okay. Uh, Let's see, i got to go up a level cd dot dot, and then I can run that. Uh, Well, actually, you don't. You can just go dot dot slash and then the name of the script. Oh, which is what it says in the show notes. Ah. If you if you do, if you do if you do it the other way, you'll create the files in the wrong place. Oh, oh, okay. So I should pay attention to what you're saying, mm-hmm. not just think things up on my own. Stop thinking for yourself. So I want to say uh, dot 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 slash, dot slash name of okay. script one twenty dash gen and then tab. There we go. Yeah. All right. So that will create. A file called ignorefile1.tmp in your root directory. It will create ignorefile2 inside contrib. It will create a whole directory called ignoredir and then stick two files in there called ignorefile3.txt and ignorefile4.txt. Okay. Very exciting. And these these aren't magic names. These are just the way we're going to find them with a pattern. 
They are, and also I just remembered after I wrote the show notes, I think I updated the script to make another one called important.tmp at the root level. Indeed I did, so let's... Um, I don't see important. No, maybe I didn't put it in the script. Maybe we make it later in the notes. Okay. It definitely comes into being before we finish this installment, but probably not now. Okay. (laughs) All right. Okay, anyway, um, we now have our files. So if we do a git status, it should show us that we have three things it doesn't know about. Contrib slash ignorefile2.tmp, ignoredeer, and ignorefile1.tmp. So notice that by default, git does not descend into a folder it doesn't know about. It just says, well, there's a whole folder here. Uh, if you want me to do something, tell me about it but it doesn't even bother listing everything in the folder. It just goes, I don't know anything about that entire folder. Right, right. Okay. So there's our three untracked things. So let us now tell Git to ignore them. Well, in this case, there is a magic file name. The magic file name is .gitignore. So dot means hidden file, and then git ignore is the magic name. So you put, you create a git ignore file in the root of your repository, and then you put your patterns into that file. Okay, so right after I create that file, but I forget to, um, but I haven't told it yet that's my ignore file, it, git will see this ignore file, Correct. Uh, Git will always see the ignore file because the ignore file is not ignored unless you put it into your ignore file. (laughs) But you don't want to ignore your ignore file. You probably want to share your ignore file. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Okay. My favorite thing about programming by stealth is when you say ridiculous things and they make complete sense. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That is one of my favorite things about science as a whole, actually. You can say the most bizarre (laughs) things and another scientist goes, yeah. And you can reverse the polarity. <laughs> and you go, indeed you can. Anyway. <laughs> so right. if we, okay, so let's, we're going to want to create an ignore file. And the first easiest thing we're going to do is ignore the entire ignoreDir folder. So if we wanted to ignore every ignoreDir at every level, anywhere in the repository, we could say ignoreDir forward slash, and it would ignore all of those everywhere. But I would say to you as a philosophical, it is my belief that you will have less stress in your life if your ignore patterns are more specific rather than less specific. So I would not say ignore dear. I would say slash ignore dear slash so that I would only be ignoring this one folder, not every folder with the same name. Okay, just in case. Just in case, because I don't know what future me is going to do. Okay. A future me may get very cranky if all of a sudden, because right, ignore dear is a silly name because I made it up. But in reality, the names I'm ignoring are probably not silly and they really could happen again. And maybe I don't want them ignored. Right. Other points in the repository. Okay. So my advice is be specific. So pre, I tend to prefix my stuff with a slash unless I really mean it. For directories or for all, all everything you ignore? I make a proactive decision. So if okay. I'm ignoring some sort of special file name like .ds underscore store, well then, okay, it doesn't matter where this file name is, therefore I am proactively deciding to just do it as a file name. 
But if it's something specific like the the config file for ESLint, I would actually put the slash in. Because I okay. only because if another ESLint config file shows up in my repository, my first question will be, where did you come from? <laughs> and if I'm ignoring it, well, then I'm never going to ask myself that question. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so. I think I follow. Again, it's a philosophical thing. People are, I'm sure there are lots of people shouting at their iPhones going, Bart, you're absolutely wrong. Ignore everything. Um, <laughs> we can have an argument over it's a, a choice, someday. Right? <laughs> so I am going to create our git ignore file using the echo command again. And this time I know it doesn't exist because I made the repository for you. So I'm just going to use a single chevron and stump all over your file. So echo slash ignore dare slash arrow dot git ignore. All right. And now when we do a git status, the folder is gone. But as you quite rightly predicted, dot git ignore is now an untracked file. We're gonna, right, right. We will commit that when we're finished. But we're going to keep editing the file before we commit it. But we, sh- we are going to commit it when we're done. So it won't be an untracked file for long. So at this stage in time, we have ignored our folder, but we still have our .tmp files cluttering our screen. So let us now ignore the file pattern star.tmp. So echo star.tmp arrow arrow dot git ignore. So append. I'm glad, we, I'm glad we did this in this order because I was I was about to ask you. Wait a minute. Why did we do two arrows or chevrons the first time and now one the second time? But now I'm now I'm getting the hang of it with extra examples. So we're doing uh, double chevron because we don't want to stomp over the file because we want to keep what we had before. Bing bing bing. So now when we do git status, the only thing left is our git ignore file. Okay. Um, before we commit our file. Let us imagine that at some stage in the future, we actually find out that, oh, sugar, we, there is actually one TMP file we care about. We want to make mm-hmm. an exception. Okay. So let us create a TMP file that we want to care about. So I'm going to say uuidgen arrow important.tmp. That's going to create a file called important.tmp that contains some random glop. Uh, what? Okay, UUID gen is a is a uh, Unix command that's going to create some glop for us? Yes, uh, we did <laughs> mention it a few paragraphs above, but yes, UUID is a glop generator. It's a, it's, it's a universal you unique identifier. That. If you run the yeah. command without, pass, without the arrow, you'll see what it does. Okay. So just UUID gen, you'll see it generates a bunch of hex. Nice. And I'll do that over and over again, and in theory, it never repeats itself. So if you need a unique identifier for something that you huh. will never clash, UUID gen will give you a unique identifier. Maybe that's a password generator, Bart. Actually, it is. It would be. <laughs> it's not a human-friendly password generator, but it's. It is. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Generally okay. speaking, it's used for generating IDs rather than passwords. I don't know how cryptographically yeah. secure it is. Like how right. It's designed not to clash as opposed to not to be predictable. And they are different goals. Okay. Yeah. So if I was going to make a random number generator, I'd probably use SHA-256 as the command line tool to start. And as a, as a uh, since it's hex, it's only using a limited number of characters as well. It's using only things you can type with your left hand. Which is an accident of our keyboard because it's just the letters A through I- F. But it's a nice accident. 
I bet it isn't. I, I someday I will find out whether that little thing and the numbers are always with the number pad. You can do it with your right hand, so you can type X with your right and left hand, never moving. It's, it's kind of been on purpose. Unless whoever invented the QWERTY keyboard was thinking that way, but I don't think so because they were they were worried about not having the hammers on keyboards on typewriters whack each other. Right. Right. Okay. Anyway, so. We've now made this new file that we actually do care about, but if I do a git status, I don't see it. And if I do a git status minus minus ignored, it's like, oh, look, there it is. Poop. (laughs) Now, I should also... Okay, so it's in there. So how do we unignore it? Well, we make an exception. So this is my excuse for showing you how the exception works. So the exception is forward slash important dot tmp is is the exact file so exclamation point forward slash important dot tmp will make an exception for exactly that one specific file so i'm being very specific in my exception and again we double che- double chevron it into the git ignore file so now uh, oh hang on hang on let me i don't see that written there so i was looking for it but i'm sure it's there Oh it's the, no! It's not. It's, it's there, not but highlighted. it's missing its triple. It's missing its uh, triple back. It's code similar. Yeah, I will fix that. That's why it wasn't jumping out at me in the text. But I will do that right now. Perfect. And then once you add it to your ignore file, when you do a git status, it will show up on the list because now you've made an exception. So now we have two untracked files: .git ignore and important.tmp. At this stage, let's actually commit our stuff to the repository. And uh, you know the way I always say that Helm is great because she commits things in logical pieces? Well, creating a git ignore file and adding important.tmp are two different things. So I'm going to do it as two commits, you know, because that's <laughs> just good practice. So git add.gitignore, git commit minus m chore colon created git ignore file. I'm using my... Chore. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like to use. I like. I really love that prefix in the uh, conventional commits. Um, chore. I love doing that one. Oh, I don't love doing them, but I like the feeling of marking it out to my colleagues. See this? I did this chore for I you. I did my chore. <laughs> I got to go back and look at what those lists are because I'm not using any of them, but I like the idea of it. Yeah, feet is, is the one more of them called typo. One. <laughs> uh, fix actually would be the appropriate one for a typo. Okay. So fix colon and feet colon for feature are the two you'd normally see, but chore I like. Okay. Um, git add important.tmp followed by git commit minus m chore added important temporary file. So now when we do a git status, it's all nice and clean. On branch main, nothing to commit, working tree clean. And finally, after all that working, what's our ignore file look like? Let's do a cat on .git ignore, and we can see we have our ignore dir, our star.tmp, and our exception for important.tmp. I'm still back at git status. I'm catching up. All right, so my cat.git ignore. Sorry for people listening to me type. There we go. So I've got uh, slash ignore dear slash and star.tmp, but then I've got an exception that is after star.tmp that's uh, bang slash important.tmp. Exactly. Okay, so now our final worked example is that situation I know we're all going to end up in where we tell Git to watch something and then we change our mind. Now we add it to our ignore file. 
And in our head, we've now taken care of it, but no. It's a little bit more complicated than that. So let us imagine that important.tmp, yeah, we actually should have ignored it after all. That, did we that do it backwards? Well, yeah, we shouldn't have made that exception. So well, the first thing we, we want to do is take the exception out of our gitignore file. So by far the easiest way to do this is to open it in your favorite text editor. But just to keep with the theme of having something people can copy and paste, there is a terminal command which will strip out the last line of gitignore. It does so in the most roundabout way possible because no one thought to write a terminal command to just truncate a file by one. Hmm. There's a terminal command for almost everything. But not that. So what it actually, if you're curious, what the command does is it makes a variable called temp, loads head minus two. In other words, give me the the first two lines of the gitignore file. So they're now safely in the variable. Then it echoes the variable and uses the single chevron to stomp it right back across gitignore. Okay. As I say, in the real world, I would say vi space git ignore and I would delete the file. But I wanted to give people something to copy and paste. Okay. I just edited it with vi. <laughs> yeah, they, look, that is how you would do it in the real world. So it is now gone from our git ignore file. But git is tracking it. So we are not going to, it's not going to show up for us. Uh, sorry. Git hasn't forgotten about it. So if we were to edit that file, it would show up right back on the list telling us, oh, uncommitted changes. And if we were to check out the repository, we'd still have the file that we don't want anymore. And if someone were to clone our repository, they'd still have the file we didn't want them to have. It's still there. Even though if it were to be created now, it would be ignored. It it isn't ignored. So the first... I want to make sure I did this right. Uh, okay. since I did it while you were explaining that crazy other command that you did, um, I got rid of, uh, the, the exception. Was that what yes. I was supposed to have gotten rid of? Okay. Correct. Okay. So what I've got, what I've got left in mind is the slash get ignored or slash and start at TMP. Perfect. But so when I do a get status, I don't see. Indeed the, you don't because the file is not ignored and it hasn't changed. So it's a tracked file. With no changes. So git status isn't going to show you... Oh, okay. Yeah? Because, I mean, there's loads okay. of files in there, right? There's readme.md, there's uh, you know loads of files. Okay. So you've just raised a very obvious question. Well, how do I tell what is actually in my repository? How do I tell git to tell me what it cares about? Right. Well, there's a git command called lstree, which will get it to spit out what it thinks are all the files belonging to a specific commit. So the command is actually git ls tree, and then we want to tell it we want to recurse into folders. So that's a minus or for go all the way into the folders. And then you have to tell it what commit it should do this for. And the magic commit for where I am now is head, right? Head is a pointer to wherever I am now in the repository. So whatever I have checked out is called head in all caps. We've seen that a few times throughout our journey. And many, many of the GUI clients will show you where head is. So head just means wherever I am now in the repository. And then if you don't stick the minus minus name minus only, it will show you like hexadecimal glop and stuff. Right. It will show you the file names, but it will also show you lots of confusing stuff. 
So the actual command is git space ls minus tree space minus or space head space minus minus name minus only, which is a lot to say, but it will list everything in this repository that git is tracking. Which is it's actually quite a few files in our dummy repository we've been slowly building up. Well, yeah, you've got bootstrap stuff in there. and Yeah, I've been building it up. That contrib folder is doing a lot of work. Um, in this case, if we were to, in the real world, be looking for a specific thing, like, say, whether or not important.tmp is being tracked, we would probably pipe that through grep to look for something. So the show notes also show you piping it to grep important. And then you can see, oh, yeah, look, there's important.tmp. It is indeed being tracked. So great, we can tell that the file is being tracked. But actually, what would be way more useful to be able to do is to find every single file that is tracked but is listed to be ignored. Because what okay. if the new thing I added to my ignore file was star dot something? And what if my, if my repository was four years old and it had 5,000 files in it? Do I really want to go and manually check every folder for files that match this new pattern? No, I just want a list of everything that should now be ignored. But isn't. Okay. I'm I'm getting tangled. So we're talking about things that are tracked, but currently were ignored, but now are no longer ignored. No, 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 no. We've we've added it. We've expanded what we want to ignore. But we don't have a time machine, so we haven't stopped ourselves from tracking it. So it is being tracked now, but we actually don't want it. Oh, oh, wait a minute. We've expanded it because we stopped excluding it. Oh, that's what's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> or in it was more... temper te- the the uh, important.temp we had excluded from the ignore. Now it's being ignored, except it was being tracked before. So... It it should be ignored, but it isn't because it's tracked. It's and so what tracked. we want to Got be it. able to do is we want Git to tell us everything in that strange state where we are tracking it, but we're also telling Git to ignore it. Okay. And Git is saying tracked wins, but why why can't Git tell us what it's con- what it's conflicted about? Dear Git, yeah. tell me everything that's in conflict. Instead of me doing it, let Git do it. Well, we can do it. Git has a command called ls files which will give you information about the files it tracks. And one of the options it takes is minus minus ignored. But if you tell it minus minus ignored, it actually wants more information from you. It says ignored based on what rules. And if you just want to see what Git would do normally, it's minus minus exclude minus standard. That will load your global ignores and your repository specific ignores. And it will show you everything that's in conflict there. And so that will show us important.tmp is indeed listed to be ignored, but tracked. So there might be a typo in that command. I copied and pasted it and I got fatal colon ls dash files dash I must be used with either dash O or dash C. Uh, And then if there is a typo, it's in the exclude standard. It might be excludes. Excludes. Okay, let me try that. Plural. Let's try that. Well, it, that time it gave me the man pages. It didn't quite like that. Error unknown option excludes standards. Are you getting a typo or are you getting the error no, as well? No, because I copied it. No, I'm not because that output is copied and pasted from my Mac. 
Right. So that means it must work. Oh, how hang else on. I copy and paste it? Yeah. Let me try something. I got an idea. Nope. That's curious. Well, we can uh, we can track this down after we get done and figure out whether uh, it was some. I'm wondering if there's a difference in our Git versions. I'm on two twenty one. How do I find that out again? Git space minus minus version. Two point thirty two dot zero. So you're way ahead of me. So I wonder. It seems strange that a newer version of Git would have lost something but it seems to think i'm saying ls dash file space dash i right like minus minus ignored is a long version of dash i oh okay or or dash i is a short version of minus minus ignored okay so it wants me to use uh dash o or dash c with it and let's see if it tells me what o and c are o is others and c is cached hmm no that's that doesn't line up with it Okay, I I, I don't we I don't know, um, and we, we have <laughs> okay. to we have to check it afterwards. Um, well, okay. I put the dash o in for others, and I got a bunch of stuff. I think I got the I got the global stuff. So I got uh, everything. Now that showed me everything that's being ignored, which is not what we want at all. No. So let's try the dash c and see if that gives me what I want. One more, one moment, please. Hold, please. That gives me important.tmp. Huh. So, and dash C in the man pages says show cached files in the output. De- parentheses default. Hmm. Not that default. Yeah, if it was default, why didn't you just do it for me? Why would that be considered cached files? I, that does not make sense to me, and it also doesn't line up with the docs. No idea what's going on there. Interesting. Okay, well, I will record what I successfully wrote. And uh, that'll give us something to chat about after the fact. And the show yeah. notes, when you get to them, will have some important information. And I have house guests, which means I actually um, I need to run quite shortly. Um, All right. At some point in time, eight. they will be correct. Yeah, I, I have. That, that is, I spent so much time on those man pages today trying to get this perfect. Mm. Anyway, um, you can also tell it to only show what it's excluding based on a specific file. So you can say minus minus exclude from dot git ignore and minus minus exclude from till the git ignore global. And then it would tell you, then you could figure oh. out which of your ignore files is causing it to be ignored. But since the command doesn't work, that's just pointless. Yeah. Or since it doesn't work well, for you. But since it only works in some versions of git. <laughs> well, but if I, it works with this cached thing, well, I'll use cached. Yeah, that's going to be very hard for me to test because my Mac has my version of Git. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, luckily I'm the one that's ahead, so I don't have to change. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, that was just a command to be useful. The really important thing is how do we tell Git to stop tracking something? Right. The command here is scary, and it's it looks scary, and it is. The command we need is git or m for remove. And git or m's default behavior is quite aggressive. Not only does it stop tracking it, it also stops it existing. Well, that's not what we want. No. So to stop it doing that, we have to pass the flag minus minus cached. So normally you would use git or m 
from a file you want to delete. But in this case, we want to just stop tracking it. We don't want it to go away. We want to ignore it. So we want it to still exist because it's still our plaything. But we So we want Git to half delete it. So delete it from itself, but not from the file system. Okay. So if it's using the uh, minus minus cached, that's the same as minus C. Yes. In the previous command, then that that previous command does make sense to add the minus C. That we want to know what's ignored that's in this cache stat- status, right? Well, no, because we're now putting it into the cache status. Oh, hmm. you're saying git space rm space minus minus cached means put it into cache? Well, no, actually, you're right. It's removing it from the cache, but not removing it from the file system. I guess it does. I guess, it, yeah, yes, I see what you mean. Maybe. I mean, there's at least some sort of correlation there, right? There's symmetry. <laughs> there's the same letter. Yeah. So okay. the important thing is minus minus cached. Otherwise, we delete it from the file system as well as telling Git to ignore it. So now if you do a Git status after doing that, you will see that it sees it as deleted, but the file still exists. And you can also do a Git status minus minus ignored. And it should see it as ignored as well. Git minus minus branch main got a bunch of deleted import.tmp, but there it is under ignored. Yeah. So it's deleted. Terrifying. Our git ignore file has been modified, but it's, uh, yeah, it's down there. And to prove it still exists, we can say cat important.tmp and it will, it still has its content. It's still there. Yes, it does. Okay. Uh, and then just a final note in the show notes, which we've already mentioned up front. In your GUI, you're prob- if, you, if you right-click on a file in the Git GUI and tell it to ignore the file, it will probably ask you, do you want to just add it to your Git ignore or do you want to stop tracking it? And effectively what it's asking you is, do you want me to put something in your Git ignore and run Git or M minus minus cast or do you only want me to put it in your Git ignore? Oh, So I have one really important question about that. Uh I have never seen a list of my files inside, say, Git Kraken or SourceTree. How do you see the list of files? Well, generally, basically, it'll show up when there's a change in there or when it's new. Oh, so you can't see all of your... I can't look at all of my files right now. Like, I've got that folder called Ignore. I would like to right-click on that and say Ignore. No, until... So at the point when at the point in time when you created the file or the folder, it would have shown up the first time because, it, in fact, it would always be there until you told Git to ignore it or until you started tracking it. And once you start tracking it, it's only going to show up if you edit it. What you see in the GUI is basically the same as what you see on a Git status. So okay. when you next do something to make the file shout for attention, then it will be there for you to right-click and ignore so if I change the name of my ignore this my ignore folder to delete me, and then I, then I'll be able to right click on it, right? Because then all of a sudden Git is like, oh, something has changed here. In fact, two things have changed. The old folder's gone, and this whole new folder I know nothing about has appeared. Interesting. Okay, actually, it's called Do Not Upload right now. <clears throat> uh-huh. That's also a meaningful name. So I could change that to ignore, and it should show up. And then would it would it show, would it ignore everything inside it? And if, if I ignore, ignore the a folder, folder, yes, that's what it means. Yeah. To ignore a folder. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in fact, in Git Kraken, it will ask you, 
quite how broad you ignore. You get a few, if you right click to ignore, it's it's got a little arrow, so it should show you a bunch of different options. Depending on the scenario, it may say, do you want to ignore all .tmp files? It'll, it, Git Kraken is quite generous in what it lets you ignore yeah. easily. Yeah. Uh, but remember, you can always just edit the Git ignore file. Yep. So at this stage, we have basically we we have done git here we have done a really good job on git so we know how to use git to manage our own code we know how to use git to move code between our computers in an organized way we know how to use git to collaborate with people we know how to use git to interact with the open source community we know how to use github to have a free cloud hosted git as a service and now we know how to tell git what to leave alone what what it should ignore so that's I think, unless I've forgotten something else, but I think <laughs> I think that takes us to a good place here. So as I've already hinted at, the next place we're going in the series is going to let us cement our Git knowledge by looking at a wonderful terminal command that uses Git as its brain. So it's called Shemwa, and it is for managing those dot files in your home folder so that every machine you go to is yours because it has your preferences for all the things you add to it. And the more Macs you have, the more important this becomes because it doesn't really matter which of my Macs I'm on. I actually want to use the same username and email address for all of my Git stuff. I want to ignore the same stuff globally. For SSH, I have a bunch of servers that use non-standard ports. I want to just tell all of my Macs that whenever I go SSH name of server, I mean to go to port 2223, not 22. Uh, mm. You just pick up all of these little configs as you go, right? The, the more you go through life, you start to pick these things up. And you can manually copy those dot .files and dot .folders between your Macs. But that's fine for a new pave, But that doesn't actually help you with the problem of my laptop is different to my desktop. Right. And it doesn't keep them in sync. Well, and it, even if even if you only have one uh one set of dot files, one computer, if you ever do a clean install, you're gonna want this. Yeah, actually to be honest, if you if you have this, then you can just pull it all out of gate. And the other thing is if you're making a complete dog's dinner of a file, right, you go to edit your SSH config and you mess it up completely, because Shema is git powered, you can go back in time. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. So that is that is definitely a value add because I yeah, I break things a lot. <laughs> um, and th- once you start to track your dot .files you can actually start to do really powerful things because you can start to make little automations for yourself as aliases and they'll just follow you around so you get to have cool commands of your own creation everywhere you go because Shema is keeping them all in sync I like exactly. it I like it so you can basically make yourself uh, completely incompetent and never be able to remember anything True, but you'll always be able to find how you did it in the relevant dot file, and it'll right. always be there. Right, right. But I, but I, I find myself very often going, "Boy, I wonder where I did that." <laughs> ls minus al tilde is a great command. List everything long form in my home directory because that's where you'll see all the dot files, and that'll usually go. Oh yeah, look at that. There's a file called dot something or other. That probably. Is. <laughs> Anyway, um, that's uh, all I wrote for today. So uh, hopefully that has answered your questions on ignoring stuff. I think it does. The one exception of that command that's decided to change itself from version to version. I'm going to have to do some homework on that. 
All right. Well, we will we will survive that. I'm sure that was that was like a a little cherry on top feature. I think to to have that it wasn't crucial to the to the basics of it. I do have it to isn't. admit, I'm going to use that right click on a file in in the GUI thing more than anything. That me too. Your your punchline there at the end with the uh, RM. That's yeah. cherry. Exactly. That is exactly why a ignore the stuff up front instead of adding and then ignoring it later because then you don't need to do the scary RM thing and B, let the GUI do it 99% of the time. That's what I do. I just, I like it crack and do it. I just go right click, ignore, and then get crack and says, what do you want to do? And I say, ignore and stop tracking. And it just takes care of itself. Yeah, yeah. But uh, again, I like understanding it under the hood. This was uh, this was an episode I was really looking forward to and, and I think I understand it. Excellent. Well, as I say, bookmark, and actually to get the show notes out immediately, if you just pop a note in to say this command doesn't work in all versions of Git and then I can fix it when I figure out, because I'm going to need to figure out when in time that changed. Would it be bad for me to put the command as it worked for me? Not not bad at all. Quite the opposite. Okay. I call that good. <laughs> okay. If this fails for you, try this. Try this. <laughs> yes. Changed yes. In, a, in, a, uh, in a later version of Git. Somewhere it, along the line. And as I discover more, I will tweak the show notes to become more informative. All right. Very okay. cool. Very cool. Indeed. All right. Thanks, well, Bart. This was great fun. Indeed it was. And until next time, folks. Wait, which? No, I was about to say stay patched till you say secure, but I'm ahead well, of myself. Well, they should do that day. anyway. They should they do should. that anyway. Absolutely, they should. But they should also <laughs> remember to keep happy computing. Oh, I've gone and tied myself into all sorts of knots. <laughs> Anyway, until next time. There we go. I'm getting there. Until next time, happy computing. I do hope you leave that in. If you learn as much from BART each week as I do, I'd like you to go over to lets-talk.ie and press one of the buttons over there to help support him. He does 98% of the work here. I'm just the stooge that listens to him and asks the dumb questions. If you go over to lets-talk.ie, you can support him on Patreon, you can donate via PayPal, or you can use one of his referral links. I really hope you'll go over and help him out. In the meantime, you can contact me at Podfeet or check out all of the shows we do over there over at podfeet.com. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.